All right, let's get going. All right, <laughs> every time I need to remember what the temperature is. <laughs> and you always go, we don't need to do that. You don't? You don't need yeah, to do we that. Do, exactly. We do need to do that. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for choosing Pilot Program. We ask that you please fasten your seatbelts and put your tray tables in the upright and locked position. Enjoy your flight. Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. If you can use some exotic booze, there's a bar in far Bombay. Come on and fly with me. Let's fly, let's fly away. Come fly with me. Let's fly Good afternoon, passengers. This is your Captain Chase Kenicky speaking. The date is Tuesday, March 9th, 2023, and the current weather is 44 degrees and it's drizzly outside. Yeah, yeah, not a Tuesday. Yeah. Also, uh, it's a Thursday. Did I say Tuesday? You did. Jeez. That's okay. Though. Jesus, wow, feels like Tuesday. I don't know what that means. Anyway, it's Wednesday, Lemon. <laughs> um, well, we're not doing Thirty Rock. That's yet. a show we haven't yeah, done. We'll, we'll do Thirty Rock eventually. I mean, we're going to do every television show ever made, so we'll get to Thirty Rock That's eventually. True. That's true. Um, oh, over there, you're hearing my co-pilot, Pierce Corshane. Hello, Pierce. How are you doing this fine Thursday evening? I suppose. What's up, dude? I feel great. Yeah. Hope you're doing well as well. I hope you, you've recovered from the, the long COVID. Yes. Well, the long COVID. I don't know. The long COVID's going to set in Maybe you're in the, forever, the right? depths of the long COVID yeah, for I, all this we is, know. This yeah. is all long COVID at this point. No, I'm feeling much better. Thank you. I might cough once or twice during the uh, during the recording and absolutely not cut it out because that's extra production work I don't want to do. Um, <laughs> but it, it's... That's the kind of uh, commitment you can expect from yeah, the two of us. Yeah. I mean, if you're a if you're a longtime listener of <laughs> the pilot program, which is impossible, we haven't gone long enough to be a longtime listener. Um, you might you might remember that there was like an episode or two where I put in uh, like a plane going overhead sound uh, between the quote unquote segments that we did. And then I realized, one, it was bad. And two, uh, <laughs> it sucked to do. So we don't do that anymore. And maybe Pierce didn't know that until just now. But uh, sorry, Pierce, I'm not I'm not doing that extra production and it work anymore. It's bad. I certainly didn't know that it was not. In <laughs> yeah, no, uh, it didn't. It's it just didn't work out. You know, you try. I'm I'm not the best audio engineer, but I tried uh, for a long time to make that sound good. And it just it just never did. Uh, anyway, Pierce, our in-flight entertainment this evening is going to be the 2009 animated television series Archer. Yeah, our first animated show that we're doing. on here, Yeah, which is kind of a shame. It's this and probably our last. Uh, we'll never we'll never do another animated show. You know, we, we both hate animated shows. Uh, certainly never going to happen again. I'm an adult. I'm not Goo Goo Gaga baby man who likes cartoons. I only like the Japanese cartoons. So, you know, that makes <laughs> that makes me feel like a like a like an adult. <laughs> There's a lot of good animated shows out there. there. Are. We, we have most, a ton. Most on of list. them are better than this one. Well, that's that's also potentially true. Um, we, we have a lot on our list. We will definitely talk about more animated shows, but we're going to start with Archer. Um, let's get into it here. Archer began first aired, um, on what is that? September. Yeah. That's September 17th, 2009 on FX. The showrunner and creator is Adam Reed. Um, Adam Reed was the co-creator of both C lab 2021, which is not a show I've seen, but sounds like that's, that's a show I kind of revere like that. That's one of those 
Like that was the golden age of Adult Swim at the time. I think everyone's golden age of Adult Swim is probably different, but I, mean, I think of it sure as though? I mean this is like the it's like whenever you ghost. came into. Uh, I think there's a lot of good Adult Swim shows on now. I mean, you're not you're not wrong, but I, I that's when Adult Swim made a splash. Was you know you had you yeah. had your Space Ghost, you had your Harvey Birdman, and I think shows like C Lab came uh, soon after because they they had to have that limited animation stuff going. We'll do C Lab 2021 at some day, I'm sure. Um, We're doing all the shows, and then uh, and then Frisky Dingo was after that. Um, that he co-created with. Uh, oh, I don't have the name of the co-creator. Never mind. Um, this is an episode about Frisky Ding- Dingo. Is that what it's called? <laughs> yes, Frisky Dingo. Is <laughs> as soon as I started show. saying that, I lost confidence that that was the actual name <laughs> of the show. Um, uh, but yeah, this isn't an episode about Frisky it's Dingo. It's not. Although I will that. tell you that I, in in research, quote unquote research for for this episode, I watched all of Frisky Dingo. Uh, those are eleven minute episodes. We should have showed. We totally should have done Frisky Dingo instead. Well, now I'm on we'd board. Be so, yeah. We'd be done with this so much faster. Um, Frisky Dingo's okay show. I, it, it's a lot like Archer in a lot of different ways. Um, but Adam Reed says he conceived of Archer uh, during a vacation to Spain after Frisky Dingo was canceled after its second season. Uh, Archer being a parody of spy fiction, James Bond specifically, but you know Mission Impossible and some other other things are also in there uh, for sure. Lot, lots of references. We'll we'll talk more about the references as we get on. Uh, but Archer kind of builds on Reed's other shows. It's uh, really fast paced. There's a there's a lot of uh, dense dialogue, a lot of quick back and forth on stuff. Yeah. Um, and it also brings in this similar mid 20th century inspired art style that uh, that Frisky Dingo has that that also that really limited animation tech, the limited animation techniques that you'd see in Frisky Dingo, where you know, the characters don't move all that often it, it is this is a dialogue yeah. heavy show uh it's dialogue first and uh, you know sometimes that works in its favor and sometimes it doesn't um, the voice acting does a lot of the the heavy lifting here which we'll talk about later it, but it really does which is which is communicates a lot of like hesitation and mm-hmm. like facial tics almost. but it's really interesting to go from frisky dingo that did not have uh an all-star cast i mean it has it has people in it um and we'll talk about some of the people who who were in both Frisky Dingo and Archer, but it doesn't have the all-star cast of voice actors that that Archer does. And it is interesting to watch that show without the without all the assistance um, and, and to to see how that show uh, still kind of holds up in in a different way. Um, but also, I mean, a lot of other stuff gets pulled from Frisky Dingo. One is the the character of Archer looks a lot like the Frisky Dingo main character, Xander Cruz. Um, it's it's kind of like, hey, we just plucked this guy out. We gave him a new occupation and we said, hey, this is a new different show. Um, but whereas Frisky Dingo uh, got the Adult Swim money, uh, that, that kind of early mid adult money. money. Nah, nah. I mean, they got that. That okay money. They got that where okay you're getting money. some money, but you're not sacrificing a lot of artistic liberties. <laughs> yeah. Archer got that FX money, which means, uh, like we mentioned, you can have some fucking voices here. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll run through a couple of these voices. And good good news, Pierce. I'm not going to have you do the the pre, the the, sem, uh, the uh, synopsis of the show before we get into voice actors. We've we've now officially switched it. Change can happen 
on the pilot program. Wow. So you're welcome, Pierce. Uh, now, Be the change you wish to see in the world. Now we'll talk about my favorite stuff, which is always what the actors did before and after the show and Pierce's least favorite thing, because this goes on way too long. Um, but in this case, I think the actors are maybe the most interesting part of Archer. So I feel better talking about this stuff a little bit longer. OK, yeah, you have a point there, yes. but I don't want this to be a regular thing. Of course, of course. Sometimes of the course. actors are not the most important part of the show. No, not until we get back to another wrestling episode will I go deep into what happened to all these people. <laughs> God. Uh, oh, shit. We sorry. We forgot. Uh, there's a very important thing that we have to do before we do this. Pierce, did you watch any more of Blue Blazes since our last episode? I did not. And it's through no fault of the show. I just haven't watched that much TV in the last wow. two weeks. Dis- disappointed. Disappointed. I watched two episodes of Barry and yeah. I looked at my phone for most of that. Also, no disrespect to Barry. No, but just we, like we will absolutely do Barry sometime. Barry is an excellent show. Uh, I ha- wait, wait, I have been watching a lot of Vanderpump Rules, <laughs> which I sort of talked to you about before. So I guess I've been watching some TV. And I've been watching sure. my wife watch Yellowstone <laughs> and making fun of it. So I guess I haven't is watched that, TV. I don't know is what that, I'm saying. Is that how you, how you call it? You were watching Yellowstone. You're just watching your wife watch Yellowstone. I sit down as a way of <laughs> hanging out with her and we'll watch whatever shit she's watching. <laughs> and the two shows that she was watching were Yellowstone and Vanderpump. Should we do an episode Yellowstone? of Yellowstone? No, Yellowstone is very bad. <laughs> Vanderpump is very good. I know Yellowstone's I like super right forever. wing and like everybody on Fox News is going like, oh, we've got Kevin Costner now doing the documentary of what Yellowstone was really like. But part of me is like, should I watch Yellowstone? I don't know. It seems like it's Midwest not, succession. <laughs> it's not as right wing as maybe I thought it was. Okay. But yeah, it's it's certainly conservative and a little... Uh, uh, glorifies that sort of Old Testament system of justice. Mm, little castle doctrine shit. I don't know what that means. The stand your ground stuff. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, castle doctrine. Okay, yeah, I got you. It's, you know, it's... it's all in the title. I just, I'm not up to date on that. Fair enough. Uh, but anyway, no, I haven't watched any Blue Blazes, but I, it's still like on the proverbial list. Okay. Like, I will get back to it. Uh, I watched, I watched a few you? more episodes. I mean, I've, I've seen that whole show before, so I've I really like it. I got to the I got to the episodes that I really wanted to see and got to see Mad Holy again. I went, oh, Mad Holy. So good. So good. Um, I, I hope you continue to watch Blue Blaze at some point. Um, that, that's a lot of fun. Anyway, let's let's get back to what we were doing. Archer stars H. John Benjamin as Sterling Archer, Sterling Duchess Archer. Uh, Duchess is his code name. Uh, H. John Benjamin, really prolific voice actor here. He's done the voices of Coach McGurk and Jason Panopoulos in home movies. That's probably where I know him best. Other people will probably know him better as Bob Belcher in Bob's Burgers. Uh, he's also famously a can of vegetables in Wet Hot American Summer and and the sequels to that. Uh, um, he's also the voice of the master in Venture Brothers. And he is the coast, uh, the host, co-creator, writer, and executive producer of John Benjamin Has a Van. I continue to always mention when somebody has a show named after them, I will never stop doing it. Um, he, he's done a ton of things, uh, but but those are probably his more famous voice roles. Um, he's, he's starting to do some, I mean, he was... If you watched last week tonight with John Oliver, he was the wall, uh, the empty void, uh, the voice of the empty void that was going on during the COVID episodes. He's he does a lot of work. He's and, been in a bunch of commercials. Yeah, he, he's kind of everywhere. That voice is 
is so recognizable. He's he's got a great voice for a lot of stuff, and I think he does a good job as Archer. But we'll talk about how that performance is maybe a little different than his other performances. Um, Archer also has Jessica Walter playing Mallory Archer, Archer's mother. Um, she's a, a prolific uh, live actress. Uh, I, she doesn't have a ton of voice acting credits, uh, which is kind of surprising that she's she did a lot of episodes of Archer. Archer's been going on for a long time, so she has a lot of voice episodes, but uh, like not a whole lot of different voice roles. Um, but she's also been act or she was acting for a very long time. She is sadly no longer with us. Uh, but she was Evelyn Draper in the 1971 Clint Eastwood movie Play Misty for Me, and which she was nominated for a Golden Globe. Um, she had small parts in a ton of TV shows like Mission Impossible, Columbo, Trapper John M.D., Hawaii Five-0, The Love Boat, Murder, She Wrote, Magnum P.I., so, so many more. Um, Thanks for putting uh, Trapper John M.D. in there. Absolutely, of course. I mean, for anyone to listen to the, the MASH episode. I can't wait to do the Trapper Don, John M.D. episode of Pilot Program. That's going to be a great one, I'm sure. Uh, she was the voice of Fran Sinclair in Dinosaurs. That was another voice uh, acting role. Uh, did you watch Dinosaurs? Pierce when I was a kid yeah. God, I I really like dinosaurs we should do a dinosaurs episode. it is nightmare inducing yeah oh yeah now. like that is uh, difficult to go back to <sighs> man we're, we're gonna go back to it um and then of course Shirley she's best known for playing Lucille Booth Lucille Bluth Lucille one as some might know her uh in Arrested Development um <laughs> yeah. cl- classic television show um very good iconic character in that too. iconic character what could it cost? Ten dollars. Yeah, it's great stuff. I don't understand the question. Yeah, <laughs> I won't answer it. Um, and I won't respond to it. Yes, um, I won't respond. Yes. To it. What a uh, just rest in peace. Great, great, great woman. Yep. All right. Um, Aisha Tyler plays Lana Kane. She was the host of Talk Soup. She uh, played Dr. Charlie Wheeler on Friends. I've not watched Friends. Pierce, you seem like a guy who's watched Friends or watched your I wife have. watch Friends. Um, no, nope, that was all me. <laughs> okay. I don't think she likes Friends. Okay. <laughs> that's that's a funny sentence. Uh, <laughs> I was I was really into Friends when I was in middle school. It was when uh, they first put the the seasons on VHS. Oh, okay. And so it was a way that I could like, I don't know, go to sleep. I think we talked yeah, so about. I watched a ton of episodes. I, I think we talked about this on the Seinfeld episode. But I watched Seinfeld on TBS on that block, and then whenever Friends came yeah. on, I went, okay, now it's time for me to do something else um I, I don't know why. I should have just probably watched more Friends. I probably would have liked it. You but... associated with the losers of new york uh the dorks and ugly people yes who live on the upper west side <laughs> rather than the cool hip pretty people that live down the village yeah their sweet apartment with their their giant window i i always like jerry's shitty little window that he's got that's that's what i'm yeah. all about uh anyway uh do you remember dr charlie wheeler aisha tyler's character on yeah. friends yeah she's uh, her uh she's ross's love interest for couple seasons okay. or a couple episodes i don't i actually don't remember how long she's on the show for okay uh she played another doctor dr tara lewis on criminal minds uh marianne taylor on 24 she was a co-host of the talk which is separate from talk soup the talk i guess was like one of those many the view spin-off or not spin-offs but uh imitators 
Um, it's okay. like, hey, what if we just got five people in a room and they all talked about the events of the day, but these five people are maybe the worst five people who could ever talk about these different topics. Uh, for some reason, people <laughs> liked watching those shows. God. At a certain point, there's just too many amateurs talking about current events in our daily That's lives true. that no one That's wants true. to see that on TV. Uh, Pierce, I'm sorry. I'm, I have to do this. Is there a way to watch the very first episode of The View? Uh, <laughs> I'd totally do that. Yeah, we, we. I'd also love to do the Oprah Winfrey show. We'll look into that. We'll look into that. Um, there's, it's on Hulu. I wonder how much of it's on Hulu. Uh, Johnny Carson, okay. like all those sort of old. Yeah, I, I love old old TV. talk shows. It's way better. They're than very TV. difficult to find. I'm sure it is. It is. Like <laughs> refer back to our In Living Color episode. Some TV is just fucking gone, um, gone. especially when it comes to the more disposable talk show stuff that is, is meant to be watched that day to be very topical and then never thought of again. Cause we do five shows a week. Uh, anyway, not, not pertinent to what we're doing. She was a regular on whose line is it anyway? Uh, once people stopped caring about that show, um, but she was on it. I, I remember seeing some episodes with her and uh, I gotta, I gotta mention this. Uh, any, any previous pilot program episodes uh, also have to be mentioned in this. She played herself on an episode of the boys. We didn't get to it, obviously, but um, you know, good for her. And we never will. <laughs> no, we, no, we probably won't. Uh, Chris Parnell plays Cyril Figgis, Cyril Figgis. Uh, he's obviously a Saturday Night Live cast member, a pretty, pretty famous one. Um, he plays an NBC executive on Seinfeld, the episode The Butter Shave. Uh, I, I honestly do not remember him on Seinfeld. I vaguely remember that, but I don't remember like any of his lines. I remember seeing him in his suit. Yeah. Uh, Garth Holliday in Anchorman and Anchorman 2, Jerry Smith in Rick and Morty. Um, and then, uh, as as we mentioned earlier, 30 Rock, a show we will definitely get to. He plays Dr. Leo Spachemin or uh, yeah. Dr. Spaceman. Uh, is... That name still makes me laugh every single time. It's fantastic. That's, that's a joke that will never age. It's it's just a really solid joke. Uh, not a lot of 30 Rock jokes stand the test of time. That one absolutely will. Um, and then Judy Greer. Well, I mean, there, there's certainly plenty more voice actors here um, that we're not going to talk about uh, or not talk about nearly as much. But Judy Greer, I would say, rounds out the the all star parts of the cast. Uh, she plays Cheryl slash Carol Tunt um, in. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that as well. Um, she's a, a pretty prolific character actress. She's been in a billion things. So I'm just going to list a couple of my favorites. Pierce, if you have any judy greer favorites you're welcome to say them too uh she plays kitty sanchez in arrested development uh brandy lowenstein in love monkey a show i'm pretty sure i'm the only person who has ever seen uh pierce have you seen the love monkey uh i have not of course you haven't nobody has it lasted for like four episodes and then abc canned it or maybe it was cbs actually i think it was cbs um it, it <laughs> it's a show about the music industry uh, I don't. I don't know. Don't worry about it. It's. It was like I like music. I, yeah, you won't. You wouldn't. You wouldn't like this. I. I don't okay. think you'd like it. But uh, I liked Little Love Monkey. Uh, she played Morgan West in an episode of House. Uh, I. I like House, yeah. and I like uh, Judy Garina House. Uh, and then she played Shauna in one episode of Portlandia. That was the the episode where. <sighs> it's, it's like an action movie thing, or like they're uh they're like a Greenpeace kind of weird uh okay. sect of of like vigilantes who are coming to portland for some reason i it's it's in like the third or fourth season um but i i do remember her being in there as well 
Um, we didn't mention Adam Adam Reed. He's not actually voicing this episode, but he plays Ray Cross, Ray Croc. I think it's Ray Croc. Um, in he's another agent at at the uh, at the agency that they work at. Um, and then uh, I don't have her name up here, but uh, the character of Pam uh, is voiced by someone who is also in Frisky Dingo. So Fris- Adam Reed also has a voice. Uh, he's the voice of, Ad- of Xander Cruz in uh, in Frisky Dingo. Um, so it is kind of weird that he wasn't Archer. In fact, uh, he he did start as Archer uh, in the show. And then uh, I guess some focus testing came back and was like, mm, we're not sure about this voice for Archer. And so he switched to Ray and they brought in H. John Benjamin to do the actual voice of Archer, which is very funny because I think H. John Benjamin uh, (laughs) does not fit Archer uh, all that well as like H. John Benjamin is like a dumpy, silly dude. And Archer is, uh, you know, a a shitty, but a suave James Bond type. and, And they just kind of. You know, you look at Bob Belcher and you look at Sterling Archer and you go, these these can't be voiced by the same person. Uh, I think he does a great job. It just took an adjustment period for me to go like, oh, that's not Coach McGurk from home movies anymore. This is. Well, yeah, you had a lot of history with that. Sure, sure. With H. John Benjamin and, and, and that voice actor in general. And also knowing what um, he looked like. I mean, that that's voice, I should say. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people just yeah, don't see who voice actor, yeah. what voice actors look like. So they, they can kind of meld into the crowd and they can be whoever they want. But I know. Dumpy I, I know is me. H- I, I take that back. We can we can call H. John Benjamin Dumpy only because I'm a bald man and a little overweight as well. So uh, I love H. John Benjamin. Uh, I would I would get a beer with H. John Benjamin. I would not get a beer with Sterling Archer. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Pierce, uh, why don't we get to your favorite part of the show where you tell me the synopsis of Archer, of Archer episode <clears throat> 101. Can you hear the, the clearing of the yeah, throat? Uh-huh. I'm ready for it. Because I'm taking this seriously mm-hmm. this time. Yeah, you wrote this. Um, you can't. You can't blame me for bad writing. Uh, but yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> Archer is the story of Sterling Archer, a top-level spy working for an agency called ISIS. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Uh-huh. Uh, Archer is far from an international man of mystery, though. Instead, he spends his time tomcatting around, Tom drinking, Caddy. dodging responsibility. Don't you like that? It's, I mean, that's a great word. Yeah, sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> I thought that was a good word. Maybe next time we'll do the uh, Carol Burnett show, so you can be right at home. <laughs> it's set in like a kind of a mid-century. Go ahead, time you're fine. This kind of makes sense. Uh, he spends his time tomcatting around, <laughs> drinking, and dodging responsibility for his blunders in the workplace. When his boss slash mother finds out about his wanton expense account spending. He breaks into the agent's computer system to fudge the numbers and discovers there is a Russian mole among the agents. See, I don't, I don't like that. I think you need to do it off the cuff. I, th- I think it's funnier if you try to do it off the cuff. Well, you interrupted me enough that I almost had to. Yeah. But here we are. Wonton expenses. Uh, yeah, so that, that's, the, uh, <laughs> the, that's the first episode. Um, there's a couple other like subplots, kind of. Uh, but for the most part, it's just him trying to cover up his expenses uh, that he's spending on all these trips that he probably doesn't need to take in the first place. Yeah. And he yeah, he makes up this excuse that there is a mole within ISIS so he can get into the mainframe and clear his his account. Um, and, and it turns out there actually is a mole uh, and he blew his cover. Um, and yeah, it's 
it's fine. I mean, I think it's a fine premise for a TV show. But again, the the actual premise is not important to this episode. It is it is just a delivery vehicle for them to uh, rip off pop culture references or deep cut uh, references to multiple things. And just to to get their their funny wordplay in there, which is it's fine. I, that's what the show's I, about. Sure, I, I think there was an opportunity here to be more subversive. Like the show opens with him, which you think he's being tortured in some Russian prison, mm-hmm. and then it zooms out and it's he's actually at the office, and this is just a training exercise, and he's not taking it very seriously. And there was a moment there where it was like, oh, this is just going to be a send up of all the spy tropes. Um, I guess Austin Powers already did that 10 years before this. But yeah, I mean, uh, you're right. There isn't there isn't a whole lot of undercutting this. The the only the only one that I remember that I like um, is is when he's talking to Cheryl for the first time. And not only does he get her name wrong, but like she's the secretary uh, uh, in in the office. So it is basically a James Bond money penny relationship that they're talking about here that oh we're we're you know in, in the James Bond world James Bond and Money Penny will flirt uh you know maybe they kind of dated a little bit and and still have that kind of rapport but nothing ever really happens between the two because he's always with other various bond girls um so there's always like a sharp back and forth between the two that's always a little suggestive um that's not what happens here. Uh, he he leaves Cheryl high and dry, also calls her by the wrong name. Um, and and then it's just a real dick to her the whole time. Like it, it even yeah. is and like also has a sexual relationship with her. Well, previously tried. I mean, that's a sexual relationship. <laughs> yes. They're naked in multiple scenes. Yes. Um, um, go ahead. But yeah, I think a lot of the like the opening, it makes it seem like it's going to be a satire of those tropes but then it kind of leans into the what you think of like 60s mid-century spy films with the uh, credit sequence another great credit sequence mm-hmm. where it's that all the kind of flashing lights and like it, i don't want to call it it ev- spy jazz but it's like that kind of jazz yeah feeling, i like. mean it evokes the intro to a james bond movie um yes. but on a much tighter budget obviously um but it yeah. is it is like the colors the silhouettes the the shooting bullets that that transition to a new part of the scene it is it is absolutely right. going for that kind of stuff and and i think it does a good job with with that i mean uh, the song the song is good i don't think if if we were to rank these the the opening themes to all the the shows that we've done which i think we should absolutely do someday um <laughs> maybe for episode 25 we'll we'll go back and rank them all um but uh, i mean it's it's not it's no ada soda coda but it is sure. it is it is a good song to fit the the theme of the of the show i, I agree yeah. with you there um and and yeah it doesn't he, the the subversion kind of ends right there and then it just becomes a continuation of the tropes like especially of that 60s workplace mm-hmm. where there's sexism there's a lot of drinking there's like verbal abuse to people um and there's no real like bit i guess mm-hmm. like the joke is that he's saying these things and you know that they know that it's wrong without really being a commentary on yeah those workplaces i mean i i could see a lot of people watching archer um i mean it it's possible that even i felt this when i first started watching archer i was a very different person it was 13 fucking years ago um yeah but 
like I, I think you could have a certain type of person, most almost assuredly a male, who thinks that Sterling Archer is just the coolest dude. Like he he's he is shitty to people and he gets away with it. Um, everything always ends up going his way, especially in this episode, where even when bad things happen, he kind of comes out scot free um, and he can just get away with saying what everybody thinks. But he can just kind of go to the beat of his own drum. I think the show is trying to say this dude's a dick. <laughs> yeah, I think the show knows that he's an asshole. Yeah. And I think I like when I watched the show back in 2009, you and I used to watch this in, in college. Yeah. And I think we both liked it back then a lot, a lot more than we do now. I think I saw the sort of blatant sexism and racism is like, oh, I'm identifying what that is. Mm-hmm. And and it's funny because it's so bad, but also like I know it's wrong. And that just doesn't cut it in 2023. It, it's not enough to point at it. You have to also it's not do enough something to point about it. Anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And, and really, there's also a danger of by and pointing, just only pointing at it. You're perpetuating it. Right. And there was a lot of times where just Archer's just punching down constantly in that, especially to women, but also to like the, the, I guess you'd call it like the front security guard, the, 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 the um, in- agency's housed. Yeah. The, yeah, the Indian the, laundromat front yeah guy yeah yeah exactly he just like says a bunch of racist shit to him and yeah all of his suits smell of curry of, and then it smells like indira gandhi stereotypes song. Yeah. Like, yeah like like yeah. terror he never gets a shit. chance to yeah. have any agency or any sort of like retort mm-hmm. even and then he's kind of like archer's just on his way up upstairs yeah, he's gone before any consequences no, like, could happen right and and that's it's never addressed like i'm sure i think he does come the I don't even know if they give him a name in this first um, episode, but that character recurs later on, I believe. Like if my memory is oh, sort of may- maybe so maybe I don't remember. maybe there are there are opportunities to expand that character and sort of have a give and take <clears throat> and maybe yeah. offer more commentary. But in this first episode, it's not there. Right. That is that is going to be an eternal failing of this show of pilot program in that we only watch the pilots we i mean we in yeah. here we we both have every watched episode we have Archer. to talk about how this this show doesn't really make sense uh pilot program like the we, every episode that we do of this we need to acknowledge that this is a flawed premise to begin with sure and probably shouldn't have a podcast but, but hey to be fair it's also a very e- easy premise we had to watch one it episode is. we didn't have to watch a whole season we didn't have to watch a whole show uh there's 13 plus seasons of Archer where we were never yeah. going to watch all of that. We would have killed each other before we watched all of that. I think, I think what's also really upsetting about going back to this is that it's actually kind of boring mm. and the jokes, one, they're repeated often. There's like, there's through lines of a lot of the jokes. Call, the, callbacks are an extreme yeah, part of the show. Yeah. And it's, is annoying in a way that I didn't expect. Um, some of the jokes go on a little too long. Like a lot of them don't have much beyond like he's being mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the only thing that keeps me from not writing it off completely is the performances in that the voice acting takes those jokes and stretches them in quality, I guess, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. That. Um, well, I think we yeah. we both had uh, independently. I, I love this. We independently came up with, uh, hey, this show feels like Family Guy uh, to me. And we had slightly yeah, different yeah. reasons for why it felt like Family yes. Guy. But 
I, I think that's really interesting that we we came to it independently like that. Like part of it is that there are these recurring jokes that that are pulled back, uh, that are called back within the episode. And as I mean, we we both know as people who watched more than one episode of Archer back in the day, uh, these things will come back later in in other episodes and in other seasons um it does i was actually surprised that it doesn't show up here but phrasing is the is the the word the the joke that i always remember best from archer yeah uh that doesn't show up in this first episode but that is the that is probably the most prolific one of the series um but which it in itself is just uh the only thing that's it's just that's it, a joke about is calling out a double entendre yeah like there's nothing I mean and other shows have done it, that it's too. Almost like I pointing yeah, yeah and pointing that as a double like entendre. the the one I think of it's not exactly double entendres but uh it's the how I met your mother uh you know what if it was oh that's going to lead to some general consequences and then they salute and go oh general consequences and it's I mean it's just it's not a joke it's just <laughs> saying it's just saying the thing again um but right. Archer Archer definitely does that uh as well um but also like this is a very reference heavy show similar to a family guy of we're going to call out pop culture stuff. Now, Archer, I think does much, eh, maybe not much deeper cuts, but I think it's, it's willing to go to a territory that family guy um, doesn't. It wasn't, it didn't need to be as broadly appealing. I mean, this is on FX, not Fox. Ooh, yeah. Very <laughs> and different. so it, it could like family guy, I think was created or, I think there's people that'll say Family Guy's first couple of seasons were good, and they, they then they sold out. There, there was a time blah, 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 blah. I really liked but, Family Guy. It is is yeah, definitely they, not now, but there was a time. It's not now, but there, there was a time where it did seem like it was cultural criticism on a very broad scale, mm-hmm. and I don't think Archer ever has intended to be that. Yeah. I think it's supposed to be a specific thing, and if you get the cultural references, great. But if you don't, you, you the dialogue so fast that the next joke's coming doesn't matter if it doesn't matter. exactly uh, i i think that is that is maybe the the fairest argument for and against archer is that because the jokes per minute are so quick uh it's it's fine if you don't get a joke if you don't catch a reference when when he says to the to the flight attendant uh you know go to the diner you're obviously into greek uh, if if you don't know, he's talking about anal sex. It's OK. <laughs> um, um, although and that's like the one joke the, on the whole episode where he says, get it. And and, and I'll admit, like the first time I watched it, I went, no, I don't get it, but it's fine. Uh, I guess I guess we'll just keep moving on. Uh, but like the, the jokes are just going to come one right after another. So even if you don't understand the reference of one, if you never didn't know who Indira Gandhi is, um, you at least, I guess, know who Gandhi is. So that's close enough. You know what a thong is. <laughs> you know what a thong is. Like, you, you can get it, like, yeah. oh, it's a joke about Indian people, I guess. Um, yeah, that's funny, right? Or someone from the Southeast Asia, Middle East. Yeah, uh, it's know. yeah, it. I mean, the the frequency and the repetition i i think is enough for for most people to go yeah this is this is a good funny show um and and also we we only watched the first episode but but this show does go places uh pam i think is is the the easiest character to look at in this episode she is just kind of a uh an an overweight butt of the joke um, mewling kind of uh, HR representative. Yeah. Uh, she's she's very sensitive. Gossip. Um, yes, passive, docile. Uh, 
Um, she's like for most of the episode, she has a dolphin puppet hand puppet that she's using to try to uh, mediate things like she is. She's played to be a joke. And later in the season, uh, later in the season and, and later in the show, she starts to become this badass this oh god we didn't know pam had this in her like now she's like a football linebacker uh who's got a bunch of like yakuza tattoos on her and is the most hardcore <laughs> person in the whole fucking group um okay like, i didn't i don't uh i don't think i ever made it that far. okay i i made it through like eight seasons uh i i got out when they started doing the anthology stuff um, like Archer Vice, okay. where they started to, to take like, oh, we don't have to do the show anymore. We can do a different show with the same characters. And now this is like a Miami Vice parody. So we can get all these different kinds of jokes that we want to tell in sure. this. And now, oh, actually, fuck that. We're doing this other season that is in a completely different world, but again, has Archer and Lana and these characters you, quote unquote, know and love. Um to to be in these other situations and and now i think they've actually switched back and now they're back to the the agency i don't think it's called isis anymore because uh you know there's there's reasons you wouldn't want to call something isis in 2023 um i you know i I, i'm sure originally they were referencing the uh egyptian goddess of knowledge or something um i can't remember what isis is actually the the goddess of in in isis egyptian uh mythology but now, yes, it takes on a slightly different uh, connotation. Do you find it, Pierce? She's like, I don't know why. Like, whenever I, whenever you start uh, asking me questions, all of my googling skills just evaporates. <laughs> She's like the goddess of like, like spirituality <gasps> or something like that. Um, God damn. Yeah, it was a major goddess in the Egyptian religion whose worship spread through the Greco-Roman world. Isis was first mentioned in the Old Kingdom as one of the main characters there. Cyrus Smith. See, like it's not it's not coming up when I'm even asking Jesus the Christ. the Google asking Wikipedia. I ask for so little from you, Pierce. <laughs> yeah, so <I> little. Um, <laughs> uh, so I don't. Yeah, I. Well, it doesn't can, matter. Our, our readers can, <laughs> can write us in. <laughs> God damn it. Um, yeah, I. Let me let me look through more of my notes here. Um, yeah, I, I I will say a couple things about the art style. I really liked the character style because I like those big chunky lines, mm -hmm. and I thought they kind of popped. And then as I watched it, I wrote that note early on in the episode, and as I watched it, I was like, eh, "This kind of looks like AI generated art that you see now." <laughs> yeah, like, uh huh. And it started to lose some of its charm. Um, I also didn't like that they had sort of the painterly backgrounds. Mm -hmm. Um, and then contrasting this very clean character design, which I understand is probably for visibility uh, for the most part, but it seemed very mishmashy and didn't really go together. Yeah, uh, I, I also noticed it, it actually took a couple of viewings for me to to catch on this, but I guess it makes sense having a, this limited animation style. They have uh, like a certain number of angles that they want you to see their characters from like archer has a, a relatively straight on view uh he's got like okay. more of a, a three quarters profile view uh but then there's also one I, i'm sure there are more than this but there's there's one other one where you see like it's looking up at his chin um yes i saw that it's a weird shot it's a weird shot they use it twice in this episode um and it's the same angle sort of like okay i get it you, you're saving some money by having the same type of animation on this uh but then there's also one shot it's when lana knocks the donuts out of his hand and they all fall to the ground and he says the 
that's how you get ants line. Um, but it, you can you can tell it's it's just the the front facing full body archer and they've skewed it in Photoshop. So it it, it doesn't look proportionally correct. <laughs> uh, They're like, but they did the click and drag. button. Yeah, no, something? absolutely. Because they wanted to get that high angle or that low angle to show the donuts on the floor and then to see Archer in the background. But to they didn't have like a custom Archer for that. So they they really did just skew him uh it, it it looks so weird if you go back to that one shot it's like oh this is this is very weird um that's strange it, i i mean i guess we don't know if they made we didn't we, this isn't in the notes and what i mean is you didn't do the research for it wow. uh, i sure calling certainly me out. didn't um but i, I it, like do we know if they made multiple episodes initially like was this ordered I don't know. Before yeah, they the, saw the episode, before they saw the pilot, because if they, if this is the true pilot and this is, they only made this one episode, I could see them cutting costs like that. Yeah, I, that, that's a that's a good question. I I honestly don't know. Um, I, I have a feeling they probably got more than. Well, I don't know. With animated shows, sometimes you just get the one to before know. somebody yeah, buys it. Two thousand nine. Um, it's like Netflix is just coming into power. Uh, I will tell you, there is <laughs> technically an earlier episode than this, uh, which is on the season one DVD. Um, I say technically because it's just this episode, except Archer has been uh, replaced with a Velociraptor. Um, so anytime Archer's lines come up, it's just a Velociraptor roaring. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't. It, uh, because they. Because they hadn't like recorded. No, his no, no. Lines. It's this is this is not actually the first. This is not actually an original episode. It is. It is just a dumb joke they did for the DVD. But they just call it on IMDb. It is called uh, season one, episode zero, Archersaurus, and it is literally just this episode. Ah. But all of Archer's lines uh, and all of Archer's models are switched out with a Velociraptor. So like he's wearing sounds like he's wearing his slightly darker black uh, turtleneck, uh, but it's a velociraptor. That sounds like a very bad 30 minute YouTube. video. Yeah, it sounds like a 2009 joke, doesn't it? Sure. And it was and it was Um, I I will say after 13, 14 years at this point, uh, a lot of these jokes don't land nearly as well anymore. Um, I think there's one that absolutely does for me. My, My favorite joke in the episode is the. Uh, is is when Cyril is is cutting vegetables and he's saying that he always makes stir fry on Fridays. Hey, Archer, guess what we call it? And Archer immediately is like stir Friday. And there's a pause. And then he says, that's actually better. And it's I love this joke solely because they never tell you what it was called before. Uh, what it was called before. Yeah, because yeah. now I, I, I'm just <laughs> racking my brain to go, what what could he have possibly called it before? Because Stir Friday is just the most obvious reference, the most obvious pun you right. can make. Um, I, I think it's a beautiful it's a beautiful line. And it also goes back to one of the things that you mentioned with some of this comedy is how uh, the voice actors take these really good pauses and and how that really adds to the joke through their performances. Um, and yeah. this this one is still one of my favorites. Did you have a joke that, that still landed for you after all this time? I did. Yeah. Yeah. So early on in the episode, uh, Archer wakes up with this um, flight attendant. She has a dog mm-hmm. and he hates dogs, but he was so drunk last night that he doesn't remember letting the dog in the house. So he blames his butler, uh, Woodhouse, mm-hmm. and threatens abuse to him and says if there's one single dog hair in the apartment that he's going to rub sand in his eyes and mm-hmm. uh 
Woodhouse just sort of takes it and he goes, oh, I need you to pick up sand. <laughs> David said, I need you to pick up sand today. And Woodhouse says, yes, sir. And he goes, I don't know if it comes in if they, grades. If they grade but, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if, I don't know if they grade it, but, and then there's like that long pause. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> It's good. It's, it's a good so line. Good. It's a good line. It's good. I mean, it's. I, I get for the audience. They're going to be like, "Yes, explaining jokes is is always." Yes, the I know. And also be laughing but halfway through. Even saying it's a good. It, but it's a good line. I think it's a good line. And that's what the show. I mean, that's when the show is at its best. Is when the, like, there's no identity <laughs> jokes. Uh, yeah. Basically, I don't want to call I mean, it identity. Both, both of the jokes we mentioned. Z- zero uh, pop culture reference. Zero uh, Rachel or, or uh, Rachel or or gender uh, joke to it. It's just I just right. think they're really two really well written jokes. Uh, and, and, and they both and use the pops. Archer's in character. Like he, he, you're right in that he is. He's not that competent, but he guesses the thing. He says the thing that's better than uh, what Cyril had in yeah. mind. Like he just lucks into this like better idea and he is and he's also abusive he he is a competent agent like he he is able to infiltrate isis headquarters uh by you know doing the doing the hookshot thing uh like he's he's able to to come in and do the mission impossible stuff um he's able to do like that roundhouse kick on crenshaw at the or kremensky at the end of the episode um it's just that he also can't get out of his own way to to not be an asshole about things that usually gets him into trouble or, or let somebody right. get away. Um, but it, it is interesting how they, they go from, he is hyper competent to, he is a complete doofus. Um, and, and they do oscillate between those two things. Um, yeah, I, I think there's also something like this, this show to me, especially it, when it premiered, there's a, there's a certain, uh, big Lebowski quality to to Archer, uh, not necessarily in the quality, but in how people responded to it. I I feel like Archer was a show that people quoted nonstop where. Yeah, some, I feel like, like this is how yes. you get ants phrasing uh, phrasing. Ants, yeah. uh, that's my foot in your face. Smell the embarrassment. I, I there there are certain things that I heard here, like even Stir Friday is is something I remember people saying. I remember myself saying because I was one of those idiots, assholes back in college, too, who, who did this and just like, oh, me, me repeating a reference from a television show means I am I cool. Think, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you didn't commit many crimes in high, in college, and if this was one of them, <laughs> I think you'd have that. Like, thank you, thank you, Pierce. You did a lot worse me. things in college. Yes, there are certainly worse things you can do in college, but um, it's you know, come on, it's it's not an identity to it's like annoying, a tele- television yeah. show. Um, yeah. But I, I also think there, there's this kind of weird phenomenon that I have here. Um, I don't have a lot to say about the show. I mean, we've we've talked about it for 30 minutes or so here. So obviously we had something to tell tell about this show. Um, But it's a very long running show. Like we said, it's got 13 ish seasons to it. And I think they're making more. I don't know how you make more because Jessica Walter is dead. And how do you how do you have Archer without Mallory Archer? I think she's like, I don't I don't want to even find out. Um, (laughs) I'm, I'm done with that show and it's fine. But there's. There's this interesting phenomenon when you have a show that goes on this long, something that I've seen with The Simpsons. You've seen it with something like South Park, uh, Always Sunny, 
ha- has a maybe a, a weirder one because that that kind of ebbs and flows um, SNL maybe to a lesser degree. But these shows where you are watching them week to week because that's you know we didn't have streaming back then at that point or, or it wasn't robust as robust as it is now there was this idea that you stuck with a show so you'd be watching each year you'd get another 13 to 26 episodes of a show and you'd kind of continue to grow as the show went on and sometimes you grow out of a show like you you hear people talk about the the good seasons of the simpsons and then it stopped being their show it started to be a show for maybe somebody else or maybe for nobody else but um they they matured and the show didn't or the the show changed as they changed and it and they diverted paths at some point and archer archer is definitely that for me archer went one way i went another way and it's not a show i think about anymore which is which is weird because i'm usually kind of a completionist who likes to finish things i want to i want to get through it all i want to know the totality and then i can make a criticism knowing the full uh context there but this is a show you you hold on to uh crap entertainment for far too long you're goddamn right um and i think archer is included in that (laughs) um with how many seasons i watched but I think if if you're somebody who has never seen Archer and you started watching it on Hulu, because that's that's where it is right now, and you can just binge it and you can just keep going episode after episode after episode, you don't get the week to week, year to year change, especially in in a in an important growing time in your life, like high school to college time. Um to to change your tastes and you can just watch all of Archer. And if you think season one of Archer is funny, maybe you'll think season seven of Archer is still funny because you're watching it in such a condensed timeline. Whereas when I watched it, you know, I could I could go from one season and then the next season I go, yeah, you know what? I, maybe this isn't for me anymore. I, I think I'm done with this. Um, so something like Seinfeld, which also was a very long running show. I wa- I started watching Seinfeld after Seinfeld was more or less done. Um, and I we mentioned it. I was watching on that TBS block. So I was watching two episodes a day. Uh, so I'm flying through through episodes of Seinfeld. And I was basically done watching Seinfeld before I could mentally grow anymore i just was able to watch it all at one time and really appreciate what it was and you know what it's fair to say i think seinfeld's a better show than archer maybe a thousand (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) um so like the there's a quality bar there as well but i think it is interesting to be able to watch a show in a very condensed timeline and be able to uh continue to feel the same way you feel about it because you don't get a chance to change your opinion versus watching it over a very extended period of time where you do get you do get exposed to other things you do talk to people you uh you get to grow as a human being and then you can go wait a minute i don't i don't know if this is for me anymore i i don't i think the jokes archer is making sterling archer is making uh are are uh maybe hurtful rather than funny which is something i might have thought two years before the the opposite so I, I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm thinking a little too deeply into it. But when you hear me talk about that, do you have any kind of response or thought on that? Yeah, I mean, I think 
I think what you're saying is accurate. I think not having an exit ramp for a lot of these bingeable shows these days does affect how you think of them and that. And and also like it, it works both ways, right? And that there are some shows that you are not going to be in the place in your life that you're going to like them because they are speaking to something that you haven't experienced yet or uh, you experienced so long ago that doesn't mean anything to you. And there are going to be some shows that that get you right away and that you're just going to consume in such a way that you will canonize it in your head while also not, you know, getting a chance to split off from it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that there's a, I, I think maybe this way is probably preferable than it was back in the day. Um, but it, it's interesting going back to these shows because I went into this episode with, I think a, a similar feeling that you had in that being like, I liked the show lot when it was first airing mm-hmm. and i didn't i didn't stick with it but this is going to be a fun thing to go back to because it's going to make me laugh and it just didn't and i think to me it, it, like obviously the like the blatant sexism and and racism which like i know it's supposed to be making a joke about it like we're all supposed to, like we're all friends here like we know this is bad yeah. but we're making jokes about it i understand what it's trying to do but i just don't think it's very interesting anymore yeah and i think that's fair i, I I was not expected to be bored as much as I was uh, by this show. Yeah. So um, I think, you know, what you were saying is c- completely correct. There's just not, there's not a lot of shows that I watched live like that, that ran for so long mm-hmm. that I can really relate to it because I think about my show watching experiences when it was live and it was like lost, which was a cultural phenomenon. See, that, also, that one's weird to me because I didn't watch Lost at the time. And I, I we will absolutely do a Lost episode sometime and, and we'll have we'll talk about this more. But I binged Lost in college. So oh, I got okay. an extremely different experience in that I didn't get the water cooler talk. I didn't get to go to the forums and, uh, you know, think about, oh, what what's the polar bear mean or what? I didn't get to have those conversations because yeah. anytime I had a question about Lost, uh, it would say, would you like to watch the next episode of Lost? And I'm going, yeah, fuck it. I don't care. Um, so I just watched all of it in a, an extremely condensed time period. And I didn't get the zeitgeisty stuff going around. I think Lost is actually an interesting, not counterpoint exactly, but it's like a different thing where watching it over a long period of time kind of added to it because there was more of a um, like more of an industrial complex around discussing Lost where I don't think there was a lot of people. I mean, there were a lot of people talking about Archer, but talking about Archer meant making the same funny reference that they said in the show, not exploring its themes and thinking about where its mysteries and where it could go. Yeah, yeah, there's a, it's very different in, in the experience that you're describing with Archer or like something like South Park and Simpsons. And you might have a small group of people who are in on this with you, mm-hmm. but it's almost a much more individual experience and an individual path of growth and, and questioning rather than Lost. And the other shows I was going to mention are True Detective mm-hmm. and the, the Last Dance, I guess, most recently, and that you were a part of a collective experience and that was the enjoyment for me but at the same time those were both i mean for lost it was the first two seasons for true detective it was that first season and the last dance is a documentary that lasted seven episodes so they were never long enough for me to really have that sort of experience that you're experiencing well i think uh, you know there's maybe possibly an occam's razor here thing or or maybe it's it's both in in some sense but also when something goes that long sometimes it just runs it runs its course 
Um, Absolutely. Yeah. You have nothing lasts forever for a reason. right. Nothing lasts forever. I the the people who made those Simpsons seasons that you love, they're not there anymore. Uh, they they went on to do other things. Talk shows. They started their own shows. They made talk shows. Yeah, certainly with with Conan. Um, there there's like the people who wrote South Park stuff. I mean, yes, Trey and Matt are still there, but uh, like um, why did I, why did I forget his name? Barry. Um, I know nothing about South Park. But you know you something about Barry, the, the main guy in Barry, the, the SNL guy. What? Oh, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I always blank on his name also because I always want to call him Shit. Ed Helms, which is wrong. It's not, um, I just sucks so much because I love him. Why, why can't I remember his fucking name? Uh, Bill Hader. Thank you. Um, Bill Hader, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, Bill Hader wrote uh, a lot of episodes of South Park. He was a writer in that room during a lot of seasons of South Park. Uh, he's not there anymore, obviously. He's doing other, uh, I would say, better stuff. Um, so there, there's a time where some shows just kind of run their course and they're not the same anymore. And the same could probably be said of Archer. I don't know specifically who potentially changed on a production staff. I know that eventually the show changed as we talked about the anthology seasons of the show where they just changed the whole premise of the show. Um, and and part of me doesn't want to be too pearl clutchy about this. I feel like I probably have been for these last 15 minutes or so as we've been talking, but it's this isn't all this isn't just a piece of art. I mean, we're, we're talking about a TV show that, yes, it has an artistic quality to it. We're discussing it in in a critical artistic way. Uh, well, maybe maybe that's a little highfalutin for what we're doing here, but we're, <laughs> we're attempting. We're certainly analyzing it in, in probably uh, a way that is different than it deserves to be analyzed. Yeah. Like it, this you're right. It's not this isn't trying to be high art, but we're treating it a little bit like high art. But we're also importantly, this is a job. This is a job for a lot of people. Like, yeah. would would Archer the television show benefit by only being three seasons long? Probably. It, it, they would have been able to get all their jokes in at that time. Nobody would have gotten sick of it. Everybody could have still kept working on it. It wouldn't have gotten to a point where they'd have to feel like they have to move to an anthology series to keep it fresh. It just the show had its time and it was done. But. You you have families to feed. If if FX wants to keep giving course, you money yeah. uh, to keep making the show, then you go okay. Yeah, I'll, we'll keep making the show. We'll keep we'll keep these writers uh, paid. We'll keep uh, these actors paid. We're, we'll keep the animation staff going. Um, of course, you you keep that going, and you just figure out what to do with the show afterward. Um, it is it is a business, and also you have the the real business stuff around it, the higher business stuff that this is this is a uh, a chip that that fx can play in different parts in fact at one point uh, we'll talk about it more in the the legacy portion but uh the show moved to fxx which was a a newer channel for uh the fox broadcasting whatever the fuck um and and for them, it was, well, this show has so many ratings to it. It'd be a nice thing to put on FXX to get people to switch and watch that channel so then they can see that original program in there. It's not it's not an altruistic. Somebody gave them a bunch of money to just make their art. Um, there is a lot of business stuff that goes around here. So even though you have us two yahoos going, eh, you know, I think the show kind of got stale after season five or whatever. Um there there is certainly a reason they keep going that i can that i can understand but again we're gonna we're we're here to kind of talk about the uh artistic merits of it um 
of one episode of, of, of one episode, episode of one episode like, for sure but no one hits a home run well some people hit a home run on the first at bat but that's what we're sort of yeah. measuring the standard is uh, so, uh, well, so let's go to the legacy. Show. Yeah, let's go to the legacy here. Yeah. Uh, the show won four primetime Emmy Awards and won four Critics' Choice Awards. Uh, like I mentioned, in its eighth season uh, in 2017, the show moved to FXX. Uh, the show has reached syndication. I think it has 113 episodes altogether now. Uh, maybe, maybe more. Maybe more. Um, Content is king. It also re-airs episodes on Comedy Central. Uh, currently, I don't know if you if you listen to this in 20 years, which obviously you will. Um, You'll you'll go. It, there's no such thing as a Comedy Central anymore. What are you talking about? Um, but also currently Hulu has the exclusive streaming rights for the show. Uh, a 14th season is currently in production. Um, and again, I don't I don't know who's still on the show at this point and who's who's out. But uh, that is how you can enjoy Archer. Um, Pierce, do you think you're going to watch any more Archer after this uh, episode of pilot program? Probably not. I mean, I'm not even watching the shows that I want to watch. Yeah, I think um, I think this might end up being the first show that I don't watch any more of after after we finish it with an episode. It's not that it's bad. It's just I think you, you hit it on the head. It's a little bit boring right now. I I kind of I kind of just know the beats and it's fine. I mean, it's not something that I can hate watch like the boys, um, but it's also not something that I genuinely enjoy like mash or blue blazes where I just was like, Oh, I actually do want to watch more of that. It's just something that kind of sits in that middle and goes, Oh yeah, that was a 2009 show I used to watch. Okay. I'm not yeah. that guy anymore. I don't need I to think, watch anymore. I think that writing is, well, first of all, credit to them, like to pack that many jokes into one episode totally. and then also do 14 seasons of, of that, of those types of uh, episodes is super impressive from a writing perspective. But I think also like our consumption habits are different in 2023 and that, the shows that do well that are in the middle ground like that are slower so that you can look at your phone while you're doing that. It's this sort of I mean, you're empty head on on in some ways you're right. And in some ways um, it's actually worse than it's ever been. I, I read an article recently uh, this doing pilot program has uh, poisoned me because now I actually care about reading TV articles, uh, which no oh boy, uh, it's terrible. Uh, but somebody was talking about subtitles. I can't remember if this was in like oh, Variety sure. or whatever, but they're talking about subtitles and how uh, some show like they they have like a um, a specific words per minute that you want to hit to be able to do subtitles well, and some shows can do can do that very well. There there was a graph they made of the different shows and the different words per minute they do, and some of them pretty easy or or there's like a show with a lot of pauses um i think like i'm just trying to think of an example of one of the slower shows i'm, I'm not coming up with one but then on the other end of the spectrum are the ones that just go so fast and at the highest end of the spectrum was it's always sunny in philadelphia which is mm. which blew past the recommended words per minute and also blew past the uh this is as many words as we feel like we can get where somebody might like here's the comfortable total and then here's the kind of uncomfortable total, but we can still do this in subtitles and people will still understand your show and then uh, go another hundred yards. And there's it's always sunny in Philadelphia, which uh, your your subtitle people can hardly keep up with. Uh, like no people watching that show who are hard of hearing or just want to watch the subtitle or just want to see the subtitles to better understand the show. They're going to have struggle with a show like that because it is so fast paced, so dense with jokes. So, uh, back and forth with the dialogue that 
you can't keep up. So even though, yes, there are a lot of shows that are built more for the the phone uh, in hand audience that are watching them. There are other shows that are like, fuck that, man. We're going to we're going to make you pay attention, because if you look down for a second, you've missed four of the jokes that we've already told. So I, I think I found what you're talking about and the other jokes at the, or at the other the other shows at the top of this list mm-hmm. are mostly comedies yeah so modern family parks and rec new girl blackish schitt's creek what's a what's yeah. like a slow one in there is there uh on that graph this, i think this is a summary of what you oh by the way gilmore girls was number three yeah i do i do remember gilmore Brooklyn girls on that thing uh this was a word finder study so this is the most difficult shows to understand mm-hmm. the, on the other end of the spectrum. It looks like this is just all. I mean, they, they were all stuff. fast, but there were like some on the left side. It doesn't matter. Um, um, yeah, I'll see if I can find it. Well, OK, um, I, I think it's uh, like it's also a little bit interesting. I, I uh, as mentioned way early in the episode here, I I've watched some anime in my time um, sure. and most of those, the good ones, uh, like require subtitles because they don't get dubbed over here. I mean, there, there are certainly shows that get dubbed. We're not having a subs versus dubs debate here. We'll save it for our anime episode. But I am watching some anime subtitled, and there are some shows where you go, okay, this is very comfortable to watch subtitled, and there are some episodes where I need to pause literally every line because it goes so fast, and I need to stop it so I can read it and then move on. And I imagine that's the same thing for somebody who is hard of hearing, who's just trying to watch an episode of it's always sunny in Philadelphia because it goes so quickly because the uh, there's such a yeah. back and forth that, OK, I need to pause this. And then at some point, are you even really watching the show because you're just staring down at the bottom third yeah. of the screen trying to read stuff and also pausing it every two seconds so you can get caught up? Um, it can be a difficult thing to watch. Um that being said, people should watch the Tatami Galaxy. It's a very good anime, uh, but have your have your finger over the space bar because you're going to need to pause it a fucking lot to understand what they're saying. Anyway, uh, I can't find any like the good episodes, oh. the good examples, but they yeah. they do have a lot of good data on on what's like the the bad stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, um, I think that I think that's interesting. Yeah, Word Finder that is not... Word Finder X is where it is. Most difficult TV shows to understand. And that and that, I think that was a misleading article title when I when I read it. I was like, oh, what do you, what do you mean? Like uh, these are the shows that are like really complex and really really uh, you know have have weird themes that are hard to wrap your mind around. It's like no no no. It's just you can't read them fast enough. That's that's what they meant. And I'm like oh okay. Well, this is also an interesting article, just not what I thought it was. Um, that was Archer Pierce. Thank you very much for joining me on this episode next episode uh is going to be on deadwood which is a show i've never seen uh but i hear is like i hear people talk about it in hushed tones like it's a like it's a big classic and i'm really looking forward to it i think that's going to be really exciting yeah i don't think we've done an hbo prestige show yet um we we're going through the list yeah. uh before this episode and i already forgot everything we've done so um <laughs> 
that, I mean, I'm that, excited. That shows see. you how how long we've been going on is that we don't even remember exactly, all the episodes yeah. we've done. Running, it's it's too it's too we have too much. Yes, this the our show is basically in syndication at this point. That's how many episodes <laughs> we've done. Um, God, Jesus. Well, as we prepare for landing, remember that you can follow Pilot Program on Twitter at Pilot Program Pod. You can also follow me at Chase underscore Kenneke. That's K-O-E-N-E-K-E. Um, I've got a link tree. You can just search for Chase Kenneke link tree and you'll find it. You'll find um, all the other stuff I do. The casual hour, which I do with uh, Bobby Pease and Johnny Amazich, where we talk about video games each week. Um, I've got... Uh, a YouTube channel that I haven't posted to for a while because I'm still trying to figure out why the capture card in my new PC is not working um, and why my idiot friends who have the same capture card cannot make it work. Um, we'll get there. Anyway, Pierce, uh, do you have an album recommendation for I do. this uh, yeah. episode? I what do you got? I didn't mean for this section to be thematic uh, based on the show, but I guess that's what... It's, it's fun. It's fun Alan. if you can do that. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a neat idea. Yeah. Uh, so the one I have for this week is Art Blakey's Hold On, I'm Coming. And it's a, it's a jazz album, but Blakey was sort of prominent in the 60s, and he made a lot of music that perhaps sounds very familiar if you liked spy films hmm. and the theme song to Archer. Um, there's the On this album, there's even a uh, Secret Agent Man um, version. So nice. Check it out. Well, I mean, I, I'm sure you learned that from Michael Crazy. Buds, right? Uh, <laughs> I learned a lot about jazz from uh, Michael Buds, yeah. also RIP to a yeah. great Mizzou professor. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if he specifically told me about Art Blake. Art Blakey, I don't remember Art Blakey being mentioned me in our jazz yes. pop and rock class. Um, Count Basie was 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 big. Uh, yep. I remember him talking a lot about march marches, marching music. Uh, it, man, what a fun class. Um, it was great. We had some good bingo days there, didn't we? Uh, anyway, that is <laughs> we are getting way into the weeds and we don't need to do that right now. We need to end this fucking show. So we'll end it there. Thank you very much for watching, not watching, listening. You you listened to pilot program. Thanks for watching Archer, I guess, it. if you watched it. Um, I'm sorry that you had to do that. Uh, but I hope you enjoyed your flight. Until the next time, thank you for flying with Pilot Program. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. And let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words, hold my hand. In other words, baby, kiss me. Fill my heart with song and let me sing forevermore. You are all I long for, all I worship and adore. In other words, please be true. In other words, I love you.